Hello and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce Odyssey podcast. I'm here with, here with Will Hare from Bellavix, and we're going to talk about how to dominate your Amazon category. So, Will, first question is, what, what do you actually mean by dominating? What is your... Yeah, thanks for having me. So dominating, obviously, in a, in a specific category, is just maximizing your sales on, on relevant categories. And of course, the more niche your product, I like to say the riches are in the niches. So the more niche your product, the, <laughs> the better it is. Yes. So what do you mean by... Okay, so I'm going to ask you some specific questions about this. Because obviously, right, so you've got a, a category, right? So category, you know, you could have cars and then you could have, you know, red cars and then red cars with a pink bumper, right? Do you, how do you go about deciding what level of category you're in? Uh, we look at the marketplace, to be honest with you. I mean, a lot of it, you know, not a lot of people are launching like new to market uh, uh, products that are like completely uh, reshaping the way people do things. Uh, so a lot of it already exists. So it's understanding like, how it's categorized and then experimenting within categories. So like, um, I'll give you like, uh, jewelry is a really easy example. You know, you could go um, cost-effective route and it could be gold plated. If it's a slightly better uh, product, it could be vermeil, uh, which is essentially the fancy French way of saying gold plated, uh, just a little thicker. And then you could just have your, your solid pieces. So depending on how you categorize it and the language you use in the listing, will determine what category it should sit in, what the average price point should be. Uh, it's about a $10 difference between gold-plated and vermeil. Um, and I think I'm saying that right. So like those are the, the nuances of the categories. And the categories get granular, uh, but you do have to be aware that Amazon's always changing categories. So uh, there's a chance that you could be in a super niche category and then that category just goes away and your products kind of float ambiguously until you update uh, the back end and recategorize it properly. So, so is it important that your product sits in a particular category? Absolutely. Yep. It's important that it sits within a specific category and it's relevant. So generally it's hard to advertise and market products that are not in your category, uh, your product to uh, searchers in a different category. So I would have a tough time if I sold like um, snack food, I would have a tough time having my snack food show up in a search for, uh, beauty products, for example. Okay. Um, because so they, is it is it? I mean, okay. So is it is that because is the category important because people browse by category? Not necessarily, but Amazon organizes by category. It uses the BDG, the browser tree yeah, guide. Yeah, browse tree guide. Yeah, exactly. Browse tree like, node node browse node tree guide. B N T R. Yeah, 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 that's the one. You got it. So I mean, it it's like it's important. But users search generally based on keywords, and then they may segment by super high-level category. Um, it's just how Amazon organizes, and what it's going to deem as relevant is based on what you put, excuse me, on the category level. Um, so, or but how if you you've got like a, so if you've got, I mean, but people search by keywords, right? So I don't know, do you know what kind of percentage of people, I mean, how do, what percentage of people find things by browse and what people percentage of people find things by search? Any idea? I don't, yeah, I don't have that data. That would be really interesting. I mean, I'm going to go and say my gut says probably 80%. Like, uh, personally, I never use search by categories. Uh, if yeah. they are putting a deal, you might click on a deal page or something where Amazon's promoting stuff. Uh, but generally, if you're looking for uh, a product, you know, generally, like, a, if I'm looking for car mats, I'm not going to go to the Amazon homepage, go to automotives and, like, click through each mm -hmm. of the 
the categories in the left column, I'm more likely to type in car mats and then kind of- Does anyone, anyone yeah. do that? Yeah. So, so what, what are the steps to dominating your category? Yep. So Q, like super, super high level on uh, what we're talking about now, the categorization and the proper uh, parent-child relationship of your, cat of your catalog. So like the first thing is like have a good infrastructure in place. So good quality product, make sure that all the listing attributions on the back end is filed properly. Uh, if you sell an ingestible or topical product or products with batteries or anything that requires compliance or proper documentation or testing submitted, uh, have those tests updated and have them uh, available. Uh, and then making sure that you're filling out essentially everything you possibly can on the back end. And we usually download these products. So we're going through um, the spreadsheet that Amazon has uh, has put together for your specific category. And each of those bulk uploads, those spreadsheets with the, for the listings are different. So making sure in your specific category that you're filling it out with all the necessary information that a customer reasonably need to make a purchase. So like step one, good infrastructure, this way it'll help, it'll in- Get it retail in ready, is that what you're saying? Yeah, pretty much getting it retail ready uh, from the, the listing perspective. And then when it comes to the marketing and advertising portion of it, it's being able to attract customers that are in market for your products. So that's your, you know, your pay-per-click ads, your keyword relevancy, uh, your fulfillment methodology for, uh, your products on Amazon. Uh, and then outside of that, it's how you're building your audience around that. We can use tools on Amazon like programmatic advertising, customer engagement tool, allows us to do emailing through uh, Amazon. And then there's also, of course, um, programmatic advertising and leveraging Google, Facebook, social. Okay, um, so let's talk about... Um... Maybe we could take these things one at a time. I mean, what, what do you think is the, what's the process of say, saying optimizing a listing? What do you think are the most important bits, bits there? Most importantly to get started is SEO. So if it's a brand new product with no reviews, you'll likely want to enroll it in some type of program where you can get um, reviews. We, Amazon Vine program uh, is pretty much the only program that I'm aware of that you can send products in and Amazon will have um, customers make a purchase. So and don't reviews. don't don't fake reviews. Yeah, don't fake reviews. This is the best way to get kicked off the. Uh, don't don't do anything in Samsung's rules, even ever. Exactly. Even <laughs> search manipulation, they're getting really good at catching it. So what search, what search manipulation can you do on Amazon? What type of search manipulation? Yeah. Uh, none that you can get away with. To be honest, with you. I mean, outside of like properly putting keywords into your listing, making sure it's on the back end. Like doing SEO yeah, within what, Amazon's terms of service is uh, the. I wasn't aware of any kind of black hat stuff you could do. Okay, so there's um, what about so you talk about the different types of advertising. Yep. What is the your um? Can you just go through those? Because obviously you've got Amazon product search. Um, yeah. Lots of products. That's a pay per click. And the other, tell us about the tell us about that and the other um options available. Definitely. So pay up. Really basic pay-per-click is like bottom of the funnel. So that's somebody searching for your products on the platform. Uh, you'll be able to show them an ad directly in search results on product detail pages, so on and so forth. So it's your your traditional pay-per-click ad. Uh, a layer on top of that is Amazon DSP, demand side platform, or programmatic advertising. So what this allows us to do is use Amazon's data, their audiences, to target and build uh, our own audiences. So what does this look like? 
We can target Amazon shoppers on and off the platform, on their mobile devices, on desktop, on uh, using third-party uh, suppliers, as well as Amazon-owned and operated properties. So technically, what does this mean? Uh, for programmatic, it means that if somebody visited your ad but didn't make a purchase, I could serve them ads as they browse the it's web. It's remarketing. It's remarketing. But I could do competitors. I could do in-market. I could do lifestyles. I can do contextual. I can do any type of programmatic display type of targeting. What's great about Amazon compared to some of the other platforms is there's now the cookie policy through iOS and some of the other devices. So trackability is becoming more difficult. Uh, but also Amazon's data is based on actual shopping data of people actually using their platform. Um, so it's more accurate than Google, which is based on search behavior, or Facebook, which is based on social engagement. Um, so off the bat, the data set that we're dealing with um, is more relevant and has more uh, shows more intent than any other uh, type of platform that you could do programmatic advertising. So is DSP available to all sellers? Uh, no, it's yes and no. So yes, any seller can get it, but you have to work through uh, Amazon uh, or an agency. If you go through Amazon, it's a $50,000 uh, budget commitment and they'll uh, per year per month i believe it's over 90 days as you could break it out so it's not crazy um obviously the more you spend the more attention you get and then as an agency like we have a seat we're um uh, we're in their uh spn network service provider network so we're approved and on the amazon website and it also means that we get a seat at the platform so our clients and the brands we work with um that participate in programmatic advertising um, goes through through us through our seat. Um, okay. Outside of that, you can't just like sign up and and do it. You have to work through one of those mediums. Okay, so we're saying okay. That's, so there was there was, there was, there was um, uh, you also mentioned about uh, getting uh, driving traffic from platforms like Facebook. Now, why would you want to drive a platform uh, traffic from Facebook to your Amazon site as opposed to driving into your own site? Yeah, so 50% uh, of sales is going to happen on uh, Amazon, and the Amazon's not going to uh, cannibalize your sales. Like, it all works together. So fundamentally, your e-commerce shopper is going to go to Amazon. They're going to check uh, reviews, and they're going to purchase wherever they get the fastest shipping uh, or the lowest price. Um, so with that being said, it's an advantage. So by sellers that are really excelling in specific categories, um, they were investing in working with influencers, they're advertising uh, on the different platforms outside of Amazon, and they're being rewarded through not only through rank BSR, uh, best selling rank improvement, um, yeah. but they're also being rewarded with discounts uh, on fees. So um, obviously the reason to advertise is to just get a better placement. 66% of product searches start on Amazon. So it may not be the ROI directly from advertising off may not be there, but the long-term growth and benefit to the brand is there. And normally what we recommend is just split it, set a, a specific budget that you're willing to put aside for Amazon. So for example, traditionally in Google search, we may say 20% of your search budget, um, let us have it for Amazon. And then also, so we're not cannibalizing your branded sales, so on and so forth. Uh, we may likely start with, you know, product search on Amazon or whatever that keyword is, plus Amazon uh, to see if we can get shoppers who've already shown intent that they want to buy on Amazon. So it's a great way to get started. Uh, and like I said, it's an advantage. Wherever you can put aside to invest 
uh, will pay off on the platform through okay. organic sales. So you, you think that, that it's a good idea to drive traffic to Amazon from external sources? Because then you build yeah. up your listing history and you build up your reviews, et cetera. Yeah. And if you're doing that full funnel methodology I mentioned, it's like every person who drives to that page is now in your remarketing pool. So now we have audiences built out of people who've shown intent, have already engaged the brand, and we're able to re-engage them um, as they're, you know, through their digital experiences. Okay, great. Um, so what about reviews? I mean, how many, how many reviews is enough reviews? Would you say? Technically, for retail ready, it's like 15 reviews and four stars uh, or 3.5 stars is the recommendation. Uh, it varies based on category, the type of product, like like homogeneous products where it's just like people are like your, your garlic press uh, or something along those lines, like uh, price point matters more. You can get away with having a three star product with a lot of reviews if it's competitive on pricing. But uh, as pricing goes up, as the sophistication around products go up, generally you're going to want to see better reviews and you're going to want to see enough reviews where you can compete uh, within a category. And if you're not there from a review perspective, you have to get sales another way. So that might be driving off Amazon traffic. That might be advertising directly on the platform, but also incorporating long-tailed keywords that are of a lower search volume is a great way to build up for it. So the root keyword might be Bluetooth speaker, and it might you might need 10,000 reviews, and it's a, a brand new product, so you're not going to be able to compete on that, but maybe Bluetooth speaker, waterproof for your shower, is a product that qualifies. So that might be a great uh, niche and angle for you to position your product to get sales. And then as sales generate, as you get more reviews, as you get validation on the product, you can shift those keywords around. So maybe now it's not shower, it's just waterproof. Bluetooth speaker, and then eventually it's just Bluetooth speaker because you you put in the time and you're getting the sales. I you know in the perfect world. So what is a what is a okay? So what what would you say is a good uh, advertising cost of sale? Or what should you know? I mean, what 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 do people normally start off with, and what do they they end up after their after their product is matured? Yeah, it varies. I mean, generally, if you're a brand new product, I mean dollar in a dollar out is a good return because uh, a lot of it's just like you got to get sales you got to teach the algorithm what you actually sell for and a lot of times like you just got to start you, by getting sales you can request a review through amazon's platform you can get reviews you can get a better validated product so a lot of the initial investment for realistically the first six to 12 months um, you might be break even um, but as the product gets maturity uh, you're going to want to see that advertising cost of sale uh, reduce. So typically a mature product in a market, uh, we expect 20% of sales of that product to come from advertising and 80% uh, to come organically. And depending on the category, uh, a healthy ACOs could be 50% if it's a highly competitive category um, with a, a higher price point um, down to 15, 10%. Uh, when we work with enterprise level brands, um, you know, it could be 5%. Um, and it's so what just would be the, what would be the total advertising cost of sale then? Would you say? Uh, it varies too, based on category. Generally we, we ask like if, if you're a brand new to market brand and you're, uh, I shouldn't say that if you're a brand that has like a quarter of a million in sales a year, which isn't crazy, um, I would say that 20% tacos is ideally what we're shooting for. 
Um, but like I said, there's nuances with the category and to tie it back. So I'm talking about ACOS as an efficiency standard. We like to use tacos at, uh, at Bellavix and it allows us to incorporate like mid and upper funnel targeting tactics and still maintain some level of efficiency where ACOS is very direct. It's like, this is what the account's doing and it doesn't allow you to build audiences. It doesn't allow you to get that full funnel experiences, which in our experience is what leads to true growth. And under the methodology, we have it as full funnel advertising and marketing, but Amazon through their education and some of their programs is the better together methodology, which is pay-per-click and DSP working in conjunction to build audiences and having a full funnel approach to your marketing and advertising. Okay. So what about sale events? Do you make, do you make, do you think that they are a good way of, of building sales? Of course. Yeah. I mean, anytime there's opportunity, especially if Amazon's going to be pushing like fall prime day, uh, which just, or sorry, early access, uh, prime early access sale, which just happened the other day, uh, or prime time in the summer. Generally, it's good to participate. Uh, Amazon's going to be pushing traffic. They're going to reward shoppers and the demand has increased on the platform. So at the very minimum, you should participate uh, with uh, a, a coupon at the very minimum. If you can, uh, if you have the budget, lightning deals. What we found internally is that sellers that participated uh, in prime early access deals and prime deals uh, for the summer tended to outperform other promotional types. Mm -hmm. um, so we always recommend participating, um, but it's also knowing where Amazon fits in terms of platforms and uh, revenue generated. Is it your number one? Is it your go-to? Um, then be more aggressive. Is it third or fourth on the list? Is wholesale um, uh, better and more worth the investment than it might not be? You might not want to be as aggressive, uh, especially if you have other marketplaces that you work in and, and there's possible map pricing issues that could arise now if we don't have those in the uk mm. it's uh but you're not allowed to you're not allowed to fix prices it's against the law oh okay yeah so there's no you cannot have discussions with people about i mean people you know cannot have the brands cannot have discussions with people about about the price they sell at really that's really interesting. well it's um i mean they do yeah of course, um, sure. but they um they're not supposed to so it's more of a problem with the kind of higher end products. Yeah. Things like, like prams. And, I, mean, I, I sell prams, I certainly have in the past, and they get very, the pram is not a, a pushchair of a stroller, yeah? Um, uh, a pram is not a, it's not a thing you carry your kids around. It's a gateway to another life. Yeah. It's a luxury item. It's a, it's a, um, and they, they get very upset. They see it as a very special thing and they get very upset if the price gets cut. So what's a pram? A pram is like, you know, it's a buggy, a stroller. I think for pushing a kid oh, around. Okay. What do you call it? Yeah. A, what do you call it in the States? Yeah, a baby you. carriage. What do you call yeah. it? A buggy? A stroller? Baby or... carriage, I guess. Stroller. Baby stroller carriage. is what we call it. A stroller. Yeah, a stroller. But we, go, we use those words um, a bit interchangeably in the in the UK. So, okay. So if you've got a, I mean, obviously on, on Amazon, it's very price competitive, right? Um, and you can see that there's, you know, certain products in the category which do really well because they're the cheapest. Right. But if yeah. you've got a what's the strategy if you've got a higher end product you want to want to advertise? Beautiful. So, I mean, not going down on price is definitely uh, the number one recommendation. Your targeting is going to be different. So like if, if I was selling a mattress, for example, so the median price for a mattress on Amazon is like uh, $250, excuse me, for a queen size mattress. 
if you sell a luxury mattress like eight hundred to a thousand dollars, which isn't crazy, uh, bidding for queen size mattress on Amazon is not going to be very cost effective. So we know that the average person who searches queen size mattress is expecting to pay around two hundred fifty dollars. So it's a fast way for you to go through. Your advertising budget's really quick without attracting the right type of customer. So the first thing when you sell a higher price point item uh, inside the language of the listing, uh, there needs to be like the unique selling purpose. Like why should I spend more on this? Like what about this product makes it different enough uh, for me to justify the extra price point? The, you know, the higher the price point and the more reviews that are associated with it, the easier it is uh, for customers to make that trade-off of like, okay, it's $800 more than any other mattress on Amazon, uh, but it has 10,000 reviews. So it's well validated. Uh, therefore, it must be a good product. Um, so images, unique selling proposition on the listing, clear in the title, uh, clear in the bullets, uh, and then having some type of video, um, A plus content around that uh, is like the basic blocks of like, how are you going to get people to the listing and how it's going to convert outside of that, the marketing and advertising strategy needs to be different. So normally if it's a higher price point item, we're catching people doing research prior to actually making a purchase. So therefore this is where programmatic ads is a, a good tool. We're able to intercept these people based on certain behaviors that's so intent. So maybe people who are about to buy a, a mattress uh, move into a home or um, they have some type of life event. Uh, that is documented and we're able to uh, to have that as an audience and pepper them with ads, uh, as well as targeting competitor products, other mattresses in this example that are priced at the same point and just try to scavenge those customers from that brand mm -hmm. and bring them over to our brand. So those are just a couple ways, but a lot of it comes to the quality, like super high level quality of listing and then the type of targeting and messaging and positioning uh, of your ads and marketing is what's going to help sell these products. And it's not impossible. You can have a product that is, that's a premium product uh, and it still sell really well because there is an audience there uh, for those mm -hmm. types of products. Okay, great. Well, look, I've got one final question for you, right? Something outside e-commerce or outside Amazon. What are you nerdy about? What do you do when you're not thinking about online marketplaces? Uh, when I'm not thinking about online marketplaces, I'm a fantasy football nerd, so it's my oh. season. As well. I spent a lot of time looking at stats and uh, and gambling with friends uh, in a healthy way. So do you actually? So you do it just with friends, do you? We do. Is it like a like a program that? I mean, I don't know much about this. Um, yep, exactly. ESPN is really popular. We use that. There's another app called Sleeper, and I play with. Uh, different work friends from uh, different jobs I've had. I've, I've jumped into their leagues and I've moved on from those positions, but I've kept in touch. Um, oh, is this when you, when you burnt your bridges and you had to leave? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got, you, you cheated. They got you, they found you cheating and they kicked you out. That was it. That's it. But no, that's a so, so you got like a, um, so you choose your team. Is it like a, you choose your players? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Choose your players and then uh, you play the ones that you think will perform the best any given week. And then uh, you go head to head against other teams. And the more whoever scores the most points at the end of the week gets a win. And uh, luckily it's week by week. So it's not a, uh, you know, baseball. They do I have friends who do baseball. It's like 180 games. Like that's a lot. There's only 17 games. So it's, oh, it's right. something still manageable, especially yeah. for somebody with little kids. 
okay cool that sounds like fun um great okay it was very very interesting thanks very much and um so what's your your company's bellavix how do you what's the what's the web address Beautiful. Yeah. Thank, uh, Trevor, thanks for having me. This was great. I hope your audience took a lot from it. Our web address, www.bellum. Uh, you can find again, you cut out. You cut out slightly there. Let's what is it. Say that again. That's all good. Yeah. So the the website is bellavix.com. You can come check us out. And I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. I post uh, regular updates around news that affects sellers uh, on Walmart and Amazon. So feel free to check me out. Will Hare on LinkedIn. And, uh, and thanks again for having me, Trevor. I appreciate okay. it. Thanks so much, Will. Bye-bye.